today's episode. I went down to Joe Clark's house. He invited me to supper. I stubbed my toe on the table leg and stuck my nose in the butter. But do you think Tom Lynn cared? No, of course not. All kinds of tales from all kinds of tellers here on The Appleseed. It's time for The Appleseed. In each episode of the show, we bring you a couple of stories from favorite storytellers. They'll entertain you. They'll inspire you. They'll get you thinking. They'll even help your family tell your own stories. I'm Sam Payne. And our first teller today is Mara Menzies, a Kenyan Scottish storyteller who spins tales from around the world. This story is an ancient tale from the British Isles. It's the tale of Tam Lin. It's a story told over and over by different tellers over many, many years. And each teller embellishes and revises the story to fit the mood and time and audience of the telling. You might look up Tan Lin and see how he changes over the centuries. It's an easy story to find. And like many fairy tales we know, the earlier versions are darker and more dangerous than renderings we might hear today. I first heard this story in song from the British folk rock band Steel Eye Span, sung by the incandescent Maddie Pryor. Here's Mara Menzies and her version of the tale of Tam Lin, recorded live in the Appleseed Studio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be able to share these stories with you. And the first story that I am going to tell you, I'm going to go to Scotland, um, just because I have been living there for such a long time. And this is one of my absolute favorite stories. It's a story from the very south of Scotland. So right where Scotland meets England, a place called The Borders. And so this is the story of a young boy. And his name was Tam Lin. What was his name? Tam Lin. Sorry, what was his name? Tam Lin. And Tam Lin came from a very wealthy family. His parents were incredibly rich. And so they lived in a huge country estate, an enormous house with 20, 30 bedrooms, a few dining halls, incredible living rooms with thick, plush curtains. His back garden was so big I'm sure it was bigger than any of yours. In fact, all of yours put together because his back garden, it had a forest in it. Not only that, there were the rolling hills that stretched as far as the eye could see. And throughout that land, there was a beautiful river, a silver stream that snaked its way through the hills and the forests. And Tam Lin's father held the most exciting event of the year. Every single summer, he would invite all of his very wealthy friends and they would arrive at this big country estate, almost castle-like estate on their enormous stallions, all polished and shining and shimmering. Their tails would have been brushed to perfection. They would be wearing their finest clothes and they would set off on the hunt. 
and Tamlin was desperate to go on that hunt. And the reason that he was desperate was because it was so thrilling. They would set off first thing in the morning and the horses would be galloping. Can I hear some galloping hooves? Oh, yes, they would race across the lands. They would cross that silver streaming river. They would ride through the forests. There would be the horns tooting. Can I hear a toot toot Oh, the dogs would be barking. Can I hear some dogs? Woof, 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 woof. And they would race for hours and hours. And of course, during these hours, they would find hare, deer, foxes, and all these trophies would be brought back to that big country estate. And that evening, they would all gather in one of those fine dining halls and they would drink the finest ales. They would eat some of that delicious game meat. They would have musicians who would play music until the early hours of the morning. And my goodness, the amount of merrymaking, the fun that was had that night. Well, Tamlin, he longed to be a part of it. Every single year, he asked his father, please, please, can I join the hunt? And what did his father say? No, every year the answer was the same. No, you're just too small. No, it's far too dangerous. No, something terrible will happen. No, 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 no. And poor Tamlin, there was nothing that he could do. Until one year, when he asked his father if he might join the hunt, his father did not say no. His father looked him up and down and said, hmm... You can come on two conditions. The first condition, you are not allowed to fall behind the other riders. And the second condition, you are not allowed to fall off your horse. Now, you might be wondering why those two conditions. Maybe he might get lost. Maybe the wild animals that lived in the forest might leap out and grab him. Maybe something terrible would happen. He might get hurt. But it wasn't any of those reasons at all. It was something far more dangerous, something much worse. It was because of the fairies. Now, Disney has ruined fairies for the whole entire world because now when we think of fairies, we think of tiny, sweet little creatures with iridescent wings and they take our teeth and they give us money in return. They flutter around with their little wands and they grant wishes and ah, oh, but no. In Scotland, a few hundred years ago, well, the fairies were not tiny for a start. They were about the same size as the humans and they wore green, and they did not carry wands. They carried swords and shields, and they were incredibly strong and powerful, so strong they could take you and throw you over their shoulder, and they did have magic. But those fairies, if they didn't like you, if you messed with them, then there were serious consequences. And so that was the reason for those two conditions. But do you think Tamlin cared? No, of course not. His dream had come true. He was going on the hunt 
and he could not be more excited. The days began to pass and he counted them down. Three days, two days, one day, and the day arrived. All those wealthy people came from across the lands on their enormous stallions. Oh, Tam Lin looked at them and thought, I am one of them. And he made sure that his beautiful little pony's coat was brushed until it shone like the stars. He even polished the little gold buttons on his jacket. He even polished his boots. He looked spectacular. He felt like a king. And then the horn sounded and off they went. Can I hear those horses galloping? Oh, can I hear the horns? Can I hear those dogs? And Tamlin, well, there was such a big smile on his face. His heart was racing, pounding. He thought his chest would explode. He was so happy, so entranced with what was going on. But his little pony was much smaller than the huge stallions of the other riders. And its legs were rather short. And so slowly, he did fall behind. And Tam Lin, his little pony, was not used to running so fast over such rough ground. And its little hoof caught in a hole and it stumbled and Tam Lin did fall off his horse. And it would have been okay if he had landed on some leaves or some twigs or branches, but he didn't. He landed on a patch of bright green grass, just like your t-shirt, in fact, even brighter. And as we all know, that is the entrance to the fair kingdom. And as soon as he hit the ground, arms reached up from under the earth. They grabbed hold of Tamlin. They pulled him down and he struggled and tried to get free, but they were much too strong. And finally, when he opened his eyes, coughing and spluttering, he found himself in a huge underground hall a massive space, and he was surrounded by the fairies, all dressed in green, all carrying their swords, and he was terrified. He was trembling and shaking when suddenly he saw at the back of the hall there was a beautiful woman, but it was a cold, hard beauty, and I think you know who she was. She was, of course, the fairy queen. And she summoned Tam Lin. And Tam Lin, well, tears were streaming down his cheeks. And slowly he made his way over to the fairy queen. And she looked him up and down. And she liked what she saw. So she said that Tam Lin would become one of the fairies. Which meant that he would grow until he became an adult. And then he would stop. Because fairies, they never get old. They never get sick. And they never ever die. And so Tamlin, he became a fairy. Well, now, our story is going to fast forward about 200 years. And this big country estate, well, it was now in the hands of another family. And there was a girl in this family and her name was Janet. What was her name? And Janet, well, she was one of those feisty kind of girls, the kind of girl who did not like being told what she could or could not do. I don't know if we have anyone like that in here today. But Janet had always been told that she must never, ever, ever go into the woods because a long time ago, a boy had disappeared. But it was the middle of summer 
and the sun was shining, the sky was blue, she could feel the heat on her skin. Oh, she felt wonderful. And the woods, they looked so inviting. And she thought, these are my woods. And if I want to go into them, then I shall. And so she did. She stepped into the woods and she went deeper and deeper and deeper and everywhere around her, she could see the butterflies fluttering from branch to branch. She could hear the birds. And oh, she felt so happy and light and filled with joy when in the distance she saw a little stone well. And by that stone well were the most beautiful flowers that she had ever seen. And she thought, those flowers will look beautiful if they were pinned right here in my hair. And so she made her way forward. She reached out and she plucked one of those flowers. And immediately there was a great puff of smoke and suddenly standing in front of her, there was a young man all dressed in green. And I think you know who that young man was. It was, of course, Tam Lin. And he was outraged. Who dares take the flowers that belong to the fairy queen? And Janet was shocked, but she pulled herself together and she said, I'm Janet and I dare. Well, do you know, nobody had ever spoken to Tam Lin like that before. And he quite liked it. And it wasn't long before the two of them were deep in conversation. And of course, she discovered that this was the young boy who had disappeared all those years ago. And he was a fairy. Oh my goodness, would anyone here like to meet a fairy? Yes, me too. Oh, my goodness. She had so many questions. Oh, she said, oh, I hear that you're very, very strong. Is that true? Yes, I am incredibly strong, he said. Oh, oh I, I hear that you're filled with magic. Is that true? Oh, yes. I can do all kinds of magic. Oh, oh, I would love, love to be a fairy, she said. But then Tamlin said something that shocked her. He said, well, it's actually not that wonderful. You see, there are so many things that I want to do and I can't do any of them. I can only do what the fairy queen tells me to do because I am under a spell. But Janet was also the kind of girl who knew that all spells can be broken. And so she asked Tamlin, well, how do we break this spell? There's only one way to do it, he said. Tomorrow is Midsummer's Eve. And if you come back to this little stone well at the stroke of midnight, you will see that it is the night when the fairies ride through these woods. You will see a cohort of soldiers led by a rider on a big black horse. Do not let them see you. Wait a little longer and you will see a cohort of soldiers led by a rider on a big brown horse. Do not let them hear you. Wait a little longer and you'll see a rider on a big white horse. That rider will be me and you'll know it's me because I'll wear a glove on one hand, but I will keep my other hand free. When you see me, grab hold of me and no matter what happens, don't let go. Only when you see the flames, throw the flames into the well and the spell will be broken. And Janet thought, hmm... I can do that. And so she promised Tamlin that she would return. And she went home and she was thrilled, excited at the prospect of this incredible adventure. 
And the following evening, just before midnight, she put on her shoes, she put on her coat, and she slipped out of the house and she headed into the forest. But a forest at night is a very different thing to a forest during the day. And she could see yellow eyes blinking as they stared at her. She could hear all kinds of moans and groans and creaks. And she was terrified. All she wanted to do was to go home. But she was also not the kind of girl to break a promise. And so she pulled herself together and she continued making her way towards that little stone well. And when she arrived, she sat And she waited, and at the stroke of midnight, she listened and she could hear the faint sound of hooves approaching. And as she peered up over that stone well, she saw the soldiers led by a rider on a big black horse. And she crouched down as low as she possibly could. She hid herself so well, and the soldiers, they passed on by, and they did not see her. She waited a little longer and she saw the rider on a big brown horse and she held her breath. (gasps) And they passed by and they did not hear her. She waited a little longer and there was a rider on a big white horse and on his hand there was a glove but the other hand was free and she knew that this was who? And so she waited and she waited and she waited. And just as he was passing by, she leapt out. She grabbed hold of him. She pulled him off the horse and she held him as tightly as she could. Who has taken my rider? Came the voice of the fairy queen. And Janet yelled, I am Janet and I have taken him. Let him go. But do you think Janet let go? No, she held on even tighter and suddenly she saw Tamlin's body beginning to turn. He grew fur out of every pore. He had a huge golden mane. His claws began to sink into her skin. It was terribly sore. She saw her face looking into the face of a huge lion, hot, bloody, meaty breath blasting into her face. But did she let go? No, she held on even tighter. And then she saw the fur drop to the ground. Tamlin's body began to change. It became longer and leaner. It began to wrap itself around her body. She found herself staring into hypnotic eyes. She saw a flickering tongue and she was looking at a huge serpent and it began to crush and squeeze her and... She could hardly breathe, but did she let go? No, she held on and suddenly he turned into an iron rod and it began to glow red hot and she could feel her skin blistering and oh, do you think she let go? No, and suddenly whoosh, he turned into a burning branch and when she saw the flames, she threw the branch into the well and whoosh, There was a puff of smoke and then there was a young man dressed in green and it was of course who? Tam Lin. Rider, get back on your horse, came the voice of the fairy queen. He didn't have to. 
the spell had been broken. And so Janet, she ran towards him, she grabbed hold of his hand, and together they raced out of the forest back to that big old country estate that they both knew so, so well. And because this is a fairy tale, I think you know what's going to happen next. They, of course, fell in love, they got married, and they lived happily ever after. But Janet and Tam Lin, they have long since gone. And their children too have long since gone. But if anybody here ever finds themselves in Scotland and you make your way down to the borders where Scotland meets England, there is a place called Carterhaw Woods. And if you find yourselves there and you venture into those woods deep enough, you will eventually come to a little stone well. And if you find yourselves there... Be very, very careful of any patches of bright green grass because fairies, they never get old, they never get sick, and they never, ever die. So I don't know what is underneath Carterhall Woods. The terrific storyteller Mara Menzies with the tale of Tam Lin recorded live in the Appleseed studio in front of our studio audience. That story made me a little scared of fairies, to tell you the truth. But I also thought about how this story broaches the notion of the cost and complexity of holding on to love. Would you hold on if the one you love became a lion or a snake? Or would you decide to let go? That story probably brought up some memories and thoughts for you. Look around and share them with someone close to you. Stories have this wonderful way of sprouting and growing like seeds as the stories bring up thoughts that grow into conversations. Maybe that's why we call the show the apple seed. In a moment, we'll bring you another performance, this time from Pennsylvania storyteller Ed Stivender. It's a barrel of laughs, and it's coming up on the apple seed. I'm Sam Payne. It's such a pleasure for me to be with you on the Appleseed today. A moment ago, you heard a story from Mara Menzies, the tale of Tam Lin. And we thought we'd wrap up today with a comic song for you from the Philadelphia storyteller Ed Stivender. You're probably going to want to get up and dance and sing along and maybe laugh out loud. That's what I do when I hear an Ed Stivender performance. Here's Ed on his banjo with The Mud Miner, recorded live in the Appleseed studio. Thank you very much for being here today, and thank you all for listening or watching this performance of uh, Ed Stivender. Thank you for that kind introduction, Sam, and I, uh, I'm pretty sure that those notes that I gave you years ago, it was not one um, false note or one critical note, because I, I really love your work, especially your musical work. The way you can do storytelling jazz is like no one else in the business, so it's great to be here. And it's great to see you guys.
Old Joe Clark was a rambling man, preached all over the plains. Only sermon that he ever gave was high-low jack in the game. Round and round, old Joe Clark, round and round, I say. Round and round, old Joe Clark, I hear banjo play. I went down to Joe Clark's house, he invited me to supper. I stubbed my toe on the table leg and stuck my nose in the butter. Round and round, old Joe Clark, round and round, I say. Round and round, old Joe Clark, I hear banjo play. Never marry a Yankee maid, tell you the reason why. She blows her nose in old cornbread and calls it pumpkin pie. <laughs> round and round, old Joe Clark, round and round, I say. Round and round, old Joe Clark, I hear banjo play. I was down in North Carolina a little while back helping a friend dig out a spring. Spent my whole day up to my knees in the mud, and I've come up with this song, the Mud Miner Song. There is a chorus. When we get to it, I'll ask you to join with me. Well, I'm just a mud miner from the hills of North Carolina. I've been mining mud since I was barely three. Well, there ain't any mud any finer than the mud in North Carolina. Don't get ahead of me now. So come on, baby, and mine some mud with me. Here's the chorus. Everybody! <laughs> Sounds good. We can mine it in the morning. We can mine it in the afternoon. We can mine that mud till the break of dawn. We'll get rich and buy a condo, many of them outside of Asheville, and mine that mud underneath our artificial front lawn. <laughs> Chorus. Hang on to your bridge work, bring it home. Very good, you guys. <laughs> Ed Stivender with the Mud Miner. Did you sing the chorus along with him? I know that chorus will get stuck in your head. See what I did there? Mud stuck. Yeah. But you might have trouble teaching it to someone else. Give it a shot, though. Thanks for joining us today on The Appleseed, and thanks to Mara Menzies and Ed Stivender for sharing their stories and songs. Listening to these stories always brings up memories for me that I love to share. Where did the stories take you? And who will you take along? Our episode today was produced by Brian Tanner and Heather Bigley. And our audio engineer is Carly Wilson. Trent Horton, Natalia Reeve, Hannah Harlan, and Evie Hendricks make up the rest of the Appleseed team. If you want to send us a note, you can email us at theappleseed at byu.edu. That's theappleseed at byu.edu. Or if you're listening through a podcast app, rate us. Leave us a little review. It helps people find the show. We're pleased and proud to be among the many shows in the BYU Radio family of programs. And you can find this episode or any episode from our archive on the BYU Radio app at byuradio.org slash Appleseed or by Googling the Appleseed podcast. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed. Appleseed.